Hello, everyone. You're listening to The Michael Amade Show, episode 565, The Ache or Mad Men in Washington. This last summer, I had the opportunity under lockdown to kind of have the practice of watching an episode or two of a certain show every day. And I went through a few series that way. And one of the ones I went back to uh, and I revisited again because I hadn't seen it in many years was Mad Men. And of course, Mad Men, for those who don't know, is a series that takes place in right around the 1960s in a Manhattan ad agency. And through that, we get to kind of witness the time. We also get to see the glaring problems with that time period. But we also get to see the lives of these people and how they try to navigate this time, their work, family, and kind of their own psychological process. And the reason I was thinking about Mad Men today, as we're nearing the inauguration here in 2021 of President Joe Biden, is that I think there's so much to be said for uh, paying attention to the psychological place of the extreme sides of this country right now. Of course, uh, if you're listening to this anytime, you know, around the, the time that I'm recording this, you'll remember that on the 6th, we had people storm the United States Capitol in an attempt to overturn an election. And as I've been going through and thinking about this, of course, they were incited by President Donald Trump, uh, and that's pretty incontrovertible. We, we know that there's some debate, but that has no place in this show. I think the important thing for us to think about right now, and not just looking at at that particular side of the political spectrum, but looking at the other side as well, is trying to understand psychologically where people are coming from right now. And for some reason, it brought me back to Mad Men and a specific episode of Mad Men in the first season where Don Draper, who is the protagonist of the show and is a creative director at the ad agency, has to do a pitch for a new a slide projector for Kodak, one called the Carousel. And I'm going to read you his pitch, and then I'm going to tie that all together. This is Don Draper's pitch. Technology is a glittering lure, but there is a rare occasion when the public can be engaged on a level beyond flash if they have a sentimental bond with the product. My first job, I was an in-house at a fur company with this old pro copywriter, a Greek named Teddy. Teddy told me the most important idea in advertising is new. It creates an itch. You simply put your product in there as a kind of calamine lotion. But he also talked about a deeper bond with the product. Nostalgia. It's delicate, but potent. Sweetheart. Teddy told me that in Greek, nostalgia literally means the pain from an old wound. It's a twinge in your heart far more powerful than memory alone. This device isn't a spaceship. It's a time machine. It goes backwards, forwards. It takes us to a place where we ache to go again. It's not called the wheel. It's called the carousel. Let's just travel the way a child travels, round and around, and back home again to a place we know we are loved. Now, first of all, can we all just admire for a moment the writing there? It's fantastic writing. But secondly, I want us to now 
after hearing that, think back on the people who are trying to, quote, make America great again. American exceptionalism, a time where America was prosperous and was militaristic and proud and powerful, where men were men and women were women, and you rose and fell entirely on your accomplishments. Sounds good. Sounds like, uh, you know, sounds like believing in the strength of the country, believing in our own individual strength and power. Those feel like good values. But here's a question I want to ask, and this is not coming from a political agenda. When was America great? I think this is a good question to ask, because a lot of times in the political discourse of the day, so much of the glory and the glamour that we're reaching for is, as Stonewall Jackson once famously said about combat and about war and the glory of war, that it was all moonshine. And I think when we really look back at what made America great, we can see in many respects it's all moonshine. Now, could it be? Yes, absolutely. And would I rather live here than most places? Well, recently I've been having a, uh, a real test with that. <laughs> I have to be honest with you. I have started looking into literally moving somewhere else. But I will say, on the most part, absolutely, would I rather be here. Not just because my family and my friends are here. But this nostalgia that we travel back to, this pain from an old wound... It reminds me a bit of the episode we did a few years back about hauntology and about the ache that we have for a future we were promised but never arrived. Um, it's, this is the ache that we have from a past that we thought existed, but then we find out from other people that it maybe never did exist, or maybe the people who were treating us so well were not treating them so well. And then that suddenly becomes a battle. Why can't they just all, you know, why can't we all just go back to where we were? It was good then. And then other people say, no, it wasn't. And that's where the dichotomy, the split in truth starts. We've got to rectify our memory. We have to rectify what the truth is. We have to understand what this is. And I think we have to recognize that our carousel looks different than the other people's carousel. And neither of them are better than the other. That we're operating with our own emotional biases, our own psychological biases. And we've got to find a way to rectify these things before we tear each other, tear each other apart. And I think the last thing about Mad Men uh, that really came to me when I was watching everything going on in politics right now, and this isn't news to anybody who's really thought about politics at all, but that this is straight marketing. Every single thing from the from the riot, the storming of the Capitol, all of that was an effective marketing. And I think when we have hyper media, we have uh, politicians, we have presidents who will just lie unapologetically. We have QAnon, we have conspiracy theories and, and all of this just consistently feeding. It's great business for them, great business for them, but you know, eventually that's gonna have consequences. And I think we're seeing what some of these consequences are. Um, and I hope that we don't see much more. Um, 
but something tells me that we might be running into a period of extremism in which I do not want to be part. Also, I think it's important for us to remember that the extremes are in the gutters of the road, as the quote once said, and the only way we're going to move forward is being in the middle of the road, because no extreme side is ever going to fully win this battle. So what I'm suggesting, maybe the point here, and this isn't just on a political thing like that they, quote, they way out there need to do, I'm suggesting we all, including myself, do this. Instead of relying on our own carousel, instead of only looking back on our own past, um, and instead of thinking our version of the future needs to be what it is, to maybe suggest that we do what we talked about doing this last summer as well, and we listen to each other, and we realize maybe we don't want to all show up with a bunch of guns and yell at each other about our points of view being better than the other. Maybe we need to dial this back, and we need to remind us, remind ourselves of what makes us human, what makes us in this together. Because I think 50 years from now, we're going to have to kind of metaphorically pull the carousel back and see what we did with this. And if we allow people to hijack the narrative so they can make more money by selling ad space and creating more urgency, I think we're going to have a irreparable problem. But that's just my opinion. I'd love to hear what you think. If you'd like to send me a message, you can go to michaelamaday.com, put it in the contact form. It's a great way to get a hold of me. Um, and uh, I would love to read what you do. Now, we're no longer doing the World Poetry Open Mic radio show every Friday, like I've talked about in so many episodes. We're doing it every quarter, and we're actually getting ready to launch World Poetry Magazine this summer, which is very, very exciting. So uh, if you want to sign up for that, go to worldpoetrymagazine.com. Just sign up for the email list there. If you want to listen to any of the old shows from World Poetry Open Mic, it's still there. Head on over to worldpoetryopenmic.net and, uh, and just dig away to your heart's content. But until next time for this podcast, which will likely be tomorrow, until then, keep living authentically, keep living creatively, feeling all, all kinds of tongue-tied. It's been too long since I've done this. We'll see you next time. Have a great, great day. Thank you.